want you to agree with me as we pray. Release your faith. Because it's as we release our faith that the Holy Spirit moves and he anoints the word. He breathes on the word. Father, we pray tonight that you give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. Open the eyes of our understanding so that we would notice the hope of your calling and what the riches of the glory of your inheritance is in the saints. Father, what is the exceeding greatness of your power to us who believe? According to the working, Father, of your mighty power, it's, Father, you wrought in Christ when you raised him from the dead and set him at your own right hand in the heavenly places. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion. And Father, every name that is named. Not only, Father, in this world, but also in that which is to come. And Father, you placed all things under his feet. And gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body. Fullness of him that filleth all in all. In Jesus' mighty name we ask it. And we believe, we receive tonight. Amen. Amen. Well, God spoke something to me um, as I was uh, preparing, working on this lesson this morning. And he wanted me to share it with you. God is beginning to instill in his church a militant, aggressive, extremist attitude. A no more crumbs mentality. We will enjoy our inheritance in Christ. Can I get an amen? We will enjoy our inheritance in Christ. Everything that the cross has bought for us through the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ is given to us by grace and by faith. And as the church recognizes the fullness of and the totality of the resurrected Christ and his victory, we will start tapping into and enjoying the very best that God has to offer. I sincerely believe that this is the generation that is going to see the very power of God released. I really believe that uh, the church has barely scratched the surface on the victory of the cross. And I believe that our Heavenly Father, by His grace, is going to give us a revelation of who we are in Christ as we gain his perspective. His perspective, God's perspective, is a spiritual perspective. And this is the call to the church of Jesus Christ in this generation, to gain the perspective of God, to see things through the eyes of God, to see the risen Jesus and you seated there with him in heavenly places. When we grab hold to that vision and when we 
uh, allow the Spirit of God to unveil the victory of the cross and the enthroned Jesus and our place in him. God is saying that we're going to start enjoying New Testament manifestation. The day of Pentecost that we read about in the book of Acts is going to become real and alive. Has the church grasped the totality and the victory of the cross and the new creation realities that the New Testament talks about? And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. The reality of spiritual things. The reality of spiritual things. We've been talking uh, in Calvert for the past almost two months, right? About two months, talking about this very subject matter. And we've been uh, going over the armor of God, talking about the armor of God that's found in uh, the sixth chapter of the book of Ephesians. And we've uh, covered the belt of truth, and now we're talking about the breastplate of righteousness. These things are spiritual entities that are in the heavenly places, that are in the spirit realm, and they are real. And God wants us, matter of fact, he implores us through Paul to put on the whole armor of God. But it's done the way you put on the armor of God, it's done by faith because the spirit realm is an unseen realm and the only way that we can tap into it is by faith. So I want to touch on some of that tonight. I want to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. This is uh, what we've been using as a foundational text in Calvert. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16 is what I want to look at right now. <clears throat> Paul writes, for this cause we faint not. Talking to, talking to the church, we're not going to faint because we're full of the Holy Ghost. That's why we're not going to faint. We faint not. But though our outward man perish, that outward man that the Bible is talking about right there, that's talking about your physical man, your carnal man, the part of you that uh, is corruptible, that part of you that's going to go, when you die, that's going to go back into the ground. He is perishing. Now, he can be helped in our earth walk if we allow our inward man to dominate our lives. It is through the power of the inner man or the inward man that the Holy Ghost lives and dwells. And it is through him that we are going to uh, be filled with the Holy Ghost and become devil stompers. How many of y'all know that's the will of God for the church? That we live lives of domination on this people planet that we rule and reign with Christ Jesus the way he did when he walked the earth, treading on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. But we do that through the inward man. And we have to learn to understand how to tap into that which is ours in the inward man. And again, 
It's by faith. It's in the unseen realm. Now, the way that we do that is by understanding Scripture, having a foundation of truth causes us to possess these things by faith. I want to go to Luke chapter 10 because I just talked about stepping on the devil and stomping on the devil. But I want you to see it in the word of God that this is in the book. This is the Lord Jesus Christ talking. He says, Behold, I give unto you, talking about the believer, the born-again believer. Behold, I give unto you power or authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Serpents and scorpions are aliases for the devil and uh, the principalities and powers that are arrayed against us. That's why I said that you, you and I, New Testament believers, through the inward man, we are to step on, and be, uh, step on devils and stomp on devils because the Bible says that we can. We are to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt us. Now that's foundational. If we're going to experience what God has for us in the last days. Let's go to Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. Now this is again talking about the church and talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Next verse. And you are complete in him. Talking about the church. Jesus is the fullness of the Godhead bodily, but the Bible says that in Christ we are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. Principalities and powers, again, those are aliases of the devil. So we have been given authority over these wicked spirits. And the, the problem is the church has not recognized this and we have not renewed our minds concerning this. That's why we have to continuously meditate on what the word says concerning our redemption and the power of the cross and the victory of the cross. Tradition will tell you that you have, you have to put up with certain things. That's uh, sickness and disease, some of those things you just have to put up with. But New Testament, the New Testament teaches us that we've been, we have power and authority over all of these things and over all the wicked, wickedness of the devil. All the curse of the law we have been redeemed from. But we have to declare it and we have to believe it and we have to stand on it, on what the word says. Let's go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Now, the Bible says, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Now, how is the inward man renewed day by day? Because he constantly feeds on Holy Ghost meat. Without the word of God and us constantly feeding on truth, these things won't be real to us. So we have to consistently, constantly feed on the word of God. Matter of fact, we need to learn to start feeding on the meat of God instead of the milk. We need meat instead of milk because milk belongs to babes. But babes, as Pastor Goodluck's been teaching, babes don't walk in power. The only ones that walk in power are those who are fully mature, those who understand what belongs to them in Christ. 
and who lay claim to it by faith. Those who have a militant attitude when it comes to the deliverance that the Bible talks about. Those are the ones that are going to walk in the power and the victory of the cross. You have to make up your mind. I have to make up my mind that I'm going to be a part of that church, of the powerful church of Jesus Christ. And we have to make ourselves available to the Holy Spirit. Now, let's look at verse 17. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. You know, the light affliction that the Bible is talking about there is the challenges and the tests and the trials that we experience in life. And, you know, we're not immune to those things. Even though we have the Holy Spirit, even though we, we have been redeemed, the enemy is going to challenge our authority. We have to always remember that. But we have to always remember also that greater is he that's in you than he who is in the world. That you've already received the victory even before you get into the battle. Now the light afflictions that we experience or the challenges of life that we experience, all they really are, are spiritual, it's a spiritual gymnasium that God allows us to go into. Those things are not meant to defeat us, but those things are meant to make us strong. We use them to become skillful in the Word of God. We use the challenges of life to become skillful and powerful soldiers in the armory of God. That's how you have to view the challenges of life that come against you. That's how you have to view the things that come against you, the challenges of life. You can't look at them and think that they're going to take you down. You have to look at them as what they are, obstacles that God has already given you victory over. The only way that you can see it that way is if you consistently look at the Word of God and allow the Word of God to be your guide with an understanding that Jesus Christ has already given you the victory before you go into the battle. So they are light afflictions. Now... Let's look at verse 18. This is really what I want us to see before we get into the meat of the message. And this is the call of the believer. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Now that's a command from God. He tells us that we are to not pay attention to the things that are seen. We don't deny the things that are seen, but we don't put our focus on that. God has commanded us to look at the things that are not seen. For the things that are not seen are eternal. In other words, the spiritual realm is, should be our perspective. That's the thing, that should be the first thing that we, we pay attention to is the spiritual realm, the unseen realm. Because the unseen realm, the things that we can't see, affect the things that we can see. And we found out through the Word of God that the inward man has dominion in the unseen realm through Jesus Christ. If you and I can keep the devil in the spiritual realm, we'll defeat him every time. But if we allow him to drag us over here into the natural realm, he'll defeat us every time. That's why the Bible tells us to look at the things that are not seen. Keep your eyes on the things that are not seen. Keep your eyes on the, on, on the, on the risen Christ. Keep your eyes on Jesus Christ and him crucified 
and raised from the dead. Keep your eyes on the resurrected Lord Jesus Christ and the victory of his cross. Meditate on what he's done for you. Meditate on the victory of that cross. And the way that that's done is through the New Testament teachings of Paul. Paul got a perspective of Jesus that the uh, other apostles did not have. He didn't walk with Jesus in the natural. His relationship with Jesus is similar to the one that we enjoy. And that is a spiritual perspective. And the revelations that Paul received through the epistles are what we are to feed on. That causes us to be renewed day by day and strengthened day by day by the Spirit of God. And that's what the devil doesn't want us to do. He doesn't want us to see the things that in the unseen realm. He doesn't want us to possess the, the victory of the cross because he knows once we get a revelation of who we are in Christ and what Christ has done through, for us through his death, burial, and resurrection, his goose is cooked. That's why he fights you so much. That's why he brings the challenges into your life to try to keep you occupied on the natural. But when he brings the challenges and the, and, the, and the curse and all those things into your life, when he tries to put that stuff on you, you must resist him in the faith with the knowledge of the resurrected Jesus, with the victory of the cross. And you have to know that you know that you know that you're delivered before you even go into the battle. So God has commanded us to look at the unseen realm with the eye of faith. Now I want to look at uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. And again, these things are foundational. And I don't just uh, take for granted that we, that we know these things. That's why I'm going over these things the way I am. For we walk by faith and not by sight. We are to walk by faith and not by sight. When, when I say you're walking by faith, what am I saying? I'm saying you're walking by the word. You're walking by what the word says and not what your circumstances are saying. You have allowed the spirit of God to reveal to you victory in the unseen realm. And you have allowed the word of God to, di to dictate to you your existence, the terms of your existence. You're not going to be defeated because the word says you can't be defeated. Even though the enemy is turned up the heat. Even though you lost your job. Even though your body was attacked with sickness and disease. Even though your child is in a wayward position. You have made up your mind that you're going to believe what the word of God says and nothing else. Because you have got a hold to the realities of the spiritual realm. And you recognize through faith your victory in that realm through Jesus Christ. And so meditation on truth is so important. Believers, uh, a lot of times, don't do that. For whatever reason, they don't do that. Whether it's, you know, we're too busy or, you know, just uh, lazy. I don't know. But if you're not, you and I are never going to walk in consistent victory until we make the word of God the thing that we value most in life. Because it's the only thing that the enemy fears. We walk by what the word says and not by sight. That has to be, again, foundational in your understanding as a believer. If you're going to have victory in the spiritual realm. 
You're going to have to believe that the things in the spiritual realm really and truly do affect your natural life and that you can get, get the manifestations of the, of the blessings of God or the inheritance of God into your natural life as you tap into that spiritual realm where the blessings are that Ephesians talks about in the heavenly places. How many of y'all know that we're already blessed? Because the Bible says we're blessed. He says he's blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Those blessings, the power of God, the, the victory of the cross, all those things have been achieved through Jesus Christ. But in order for us to enjoy those things, we have to see that those things are there, that they are, are, that they are a reality. And it's done through the power of the word of God. So the word of God has to be something that we pay attention to on a daily basis. I mean, you can't leave your Bible sitting on the coffee table from Sunday to Sunday. You're going to have to pick it up and you're going to have to read and you're going to have to allow the Holy Spirit to show you through the Word of God, through meditation and truth, your victory in Christ Jesus. Can I get an amen? amen. You know, a lot, a lot of people don't like to do that. And then they wonder why they're not walking in victory. They wonder why the Word is not working for them. And it's simply because a lack of knowledge or a lack of understanding. And the only way understanding comes is through the word. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 6. Verse 10. Paul writes, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. Notice he says, be strong in the Lord. That means in the power of the cross, in the victory of the cross. He wants us to uh, identify with Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. Not in the uh, old man, but in the new man that's created in Christ Jesus. That is our call. Not to see ourselves or view ourselves in Adam, but in Christ. We have, to, we, have, we have to do that. We have to, we have to meditate on the word of God long enough until we refuse to see ourselves in Adam anymore. You know, you ever heard believers say things like this? I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. You ever heard that before? Well, that's a lie. If you're a believer, you're not a sinner. You're either a sinner or a saint. And you have to see yourselves as the word sees you. God says you are a saint. You got to call yourself a saint. You got to be bold enough to call yourself a saint. You got to be bold enough to call yourself healed. You got to be bold enough to call yourself redeemed. Hallelujah. The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Something about the church, I don't know. We seem to think that these things are just going to fall on us like ripe cherries. This thing happens we on purpose. Hallelujah. You got to on purpose put the word of God in your mouth. And you got to uh, agree with what God says concerning you and the victory of the cross. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. His might is available, but it doesn't manifest uh, it automatically. It manifests as we put our mouth on the word and as we speak the word over our lives and over the different situations in our lives, over the challenges that we face. We got to learn to be strong in the word and speak the word only. Hallelujah. That's how you're going to have victory over the devil. But you won't have it unless you have a, rea a, a revelation of the, of the reality of the spiritual realm. 
You got to know that that's where your victory lies, where Jesus is enthroned at the right hand of Almighty God. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Then it goes on in verse 11. Well, no, I'll go, I'll go back to that. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. I was getting a little bit ahead of myself. I get excited. <laughs> I get excited. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17. Now the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. You can be assured that wherever the power of God is, there is deliverance. When y'all came up a while ago for prayer and the anointed people of God laid hands on you and prayed for you, you have to believe that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There's ability to set you free. Hallelujah. There's power in the name of Jesus to set you free. The victory of the cross has given us authority over the sickness and, and diseases of the world and all, all, over all the problems of the world. Not that you're going to be delivered, you know, uh, you're not going to have problems, but you're going to, you're assured victory over those problems. Okay? So when you come up for prayer, understand what you're doing. Just don't come up with an unbelieving mind. Understand that there is deliverance and liberty where the Spirit of the Lord is. Hallelujah. So that's foundational in our understanding. Now we can go back to uh, Ephesians 6, verse 11. The Bible says, put on the whole armor of God. Now, I'm sure uh, y'all probably read that before, right? But how many people actually do that on a consistent basis? How many people actually, on purpose, by faith, put on that armor. Paul implores us to put it on because he understands that if we don't put it on, we won't have victory. He says, put on the whole armor of God. Why? That you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil or the strategies of the devil. You and I need to put on that armor on a daily basis by faith. The reason we don't put it on is because it's not real to us. Amen. It's not real to us. If, if we could see it, if we could feel it, if we could touch it, it'd be real to us. And we'd probably put it on. But God's perspective, again, must become our perspective. We have to see that armor in the spirit realm and on a daily basis put it on. Because God knows better than we do. He knows that that armor is our protection. The shield of faith is our protection. The breastplate of righteousness is our protection. The belt of truth, hallelujah, is ours. The sword of the spirit is our. God wants us to use these things. He's not going to put them on for us. He's already done everything that he's going to do, church. He sent his son to the cross. He died for us. And he rose from the dead, and God has already seated him and enthroned him at the right hand of God, representing you and I there. It's up to us to put our faith into motion. Hallelujah. And again, the reason we don't uh, see these things is because they're not real to us. But I believe what God is about to do, he's about to give his people, his church, a revelation of the fullness of the victory of the cross. 
of the resurrected Jesus and our place in him. A place of authority, a place of blessing, a place of love, a place place of pure grace. Hallelujah. That's our portion. How many of y'all know sickness and disease is not your portion? Poverty is not your portion. Lack is not your portion. Your portion is the fullness of God. Your reward is Jesus Christ and him crucified. Hallelujah. And everything that that he's bought for you on Calvary's cross is yours. I'm tired of seeing the church come to church broke and leave broke. And when I say broke, I mean, you know, without peace. You know, shalom. We talked about a little bit about that last week. Shalom. That's our portion. Nothing broken. Nothing missing. Victory every single time. Somebody say, well, you know, that don't sound possible. It's possible. But we have to get on the word. On Friday nights, this place needs to be packed. You know that? It needs to be packed. But for some reason, the church doesn't, doesn't have a revelation of prayer. If we had a revelation of prayer, we'd be here. That's what we need. We need a revelation of the spiritual realities and the power of God. And it's, seen, it's found in prayer. Study of the word and prayer in the spirit. And the mysteries of God become available to you and I. Pastor Goodluck uh, likes to talk about it like this. You're not going to find gold just laying on top of the earth. You have to dig for, the, for gold, right? The mysteries of the kingdom of God, the deep things of God, you're going to have to search those things out by the Holy Spirit. And you're going to have to get on, uh, uh, on your knees sometime and get along with God and uh, let him reveal to you these things. Let's go back to Colossians. Let's go to Colossians chapter 2. Back to Colossians. I want to touch on a couple of things there. Colossians chapter 2 verse 9. Now, I I made a statement a a while ago, and I said that the enthroned Jesus, Jesus is seated at the right hand of God, and he's enthroned there. And he represents mankind there. How many of y'all know the Son of God has always existed? In eons past, he was the Son of God. He didn't have a physical body. But now he has a physical body. And the reason he has a physical body is because he represents you and I there at the right hand of God. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Okay? Next verse. And you are complete in him. See how it connects us with him, with the enthroned Jesus? And you are complete in him. In other words, when again, we have to gain God's perspective. God sees you seated with Christ Jesus at the right hand of God. That's how he sees you. And when you see yourself there, then you can tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Then the church will uh, fit it, uh, fulfill its, its God's will in the earth when we get a revelation of that, which is the head of all principality and power. Next verse. Verse 12. Well, I'll read it. Oh, there it is, there it is. Buried with him in baptism. You got to see yourself buried with Jesus 
in baptism. See, when you got baptized, when you got baptized in water, God saw you buried with Jesus. Just like when Jesus was buried in the, in the, in the earth, God saw you buried with him also. So you were buried with him in baptism. Wherein also you are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God. So what we have to do, we have to see ourselves, that old man crucified, and the new man resurrected with Jesus. And we do that through faith in the operation of God. We have to understand and know what, what took place those three days and three nights when Jesus was in the, in, in the earth. That he went to hell for you, and God raised him for your justification. And when, when Jesus went to hell, your old man, God saw you in hell also. And when God raised him from the dead, he saw you raised from the dead also with him. That, again, has to be our perspective. We have to see ourselves that way. Next verse. And you, being dead in, the, dead in your sins and in the circumcision of your flesh, had he quickened together with him. So God sees you alive with Jesus Christ. He quickened you together. The same moment that Jesus was raised from the dead, God saw you raised from the dead. Amen. Having forgiven you all trespasses, Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. Glory to God. See, when I, when I see that, I get excited because it lets me know that I have victory in this life. I can have authority in this life. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. So... That's how I know that I have power over the devil, because the word says so. But I have, to, I have to believe that Satan is totally defeated. And that he can't intimidate me with his lies anymore. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 3. Paul writing. He says, unto me, who am less than the least of all saints, is this grace given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. So Paul's call was to reveal to the church the totality of the victory of the cross, the unsearchable riches of Christ. The reason he says they're unsearchable is because the natural man can't see them. But the inward man can see the victory of the cross and these riches that we're talking about tonight. Paul got along with, with God in Arabia, and God revealed to him these revelations. And he'll reveal to you these revelations when you get along with him and when you study the word of God. The unsearchable riches of Christ. They're unsearchable to the natural man. But to the inward man, he receives those things, has revelation knowledge. And he uses that victory in his life, in his daily life. Next verse. To make all men see... What is the fellowship of the mystery? So God wants everybody to see these things. Not just the pastor, not just the evangelist, but everybody. He wants everybody to enjoy power in the spirit realm. To make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world had been hid in God. This was so precious that God hid this from before the foundation of the world. He hid this. These things have, are only revealed to the New Testament church. 
Glory to God. Don't you know the blessing that you receive when you got this New Testament and the Word of God and the blood of Jesus? These things are yours as an inheritance. We don't take advantage of our advantage. That's our problem. We got an advantage, but we don't take advantage of it because we don't know what belongs to us in Christ. And if we do hear a message on it, we don't study it after we leave church. Amen. I'm preaching good. These things were hidden God who created all things by Jesus Christ. Next verse. Why? Why, why, why does God want you and I to walk in this? Why does he want us to, to, uh, to, why does he reveal these things to us? To the intent that now, right now, unto the principalities and powers in the heavenly places might be made known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. We're supposed to be showing the devil how, how defeated he really is. He doesn't know how defeated. He knows he's defeated. He just doesn't know how badly he was defeated. Every day the devil wakes up, he finds a new bruise on him. Oh, man, Jesus did all that to me 2,000 years ago. He finds a new bruise. He didn't know how bad he was defeated on the cross. It's up to us to show him how badly he was defeated. See, the weakest one in the church has more power than the devil. Glory to God. You, did you know that? The weakest one of us has more power than the enemy. My God, church, we got to get a hold of this. Stop crying in our pillow at night. Stop whining and asking God, God, I need more power. He's given us the power. We just have to receive it by faith. We have to look into the unseen realm and claim those things that are ours as an inheritance. And refuse, I like to use, to refuse to be refused. Don't quit when it gets hard. Hallelujah. When it gets hard, hey, you know the victory is right around the corner. Glory to God. Oh, I like this kind of preaching. The church is, to, is supposed to demonstrate to the devil his defeat. Redeemed man is to dominate the earth and the spirit realm in Christ. I said, redeemed man is to dominate the earth and the spirit realm in Christ. We've been given authority in the earth and now in the spirit realm through Jesus Christ. Again, if you can keep the devil in the spirit realm, you'll defeat him every time. And you'll see the manifestation of that defeat played out in the earth. Glory to God. I mean, I know God never changed his mind about victory for mankind. He meant for Adam to rule and reign. Adam failed, but Jesus had victory. Hallelujah. And he's the second Adam. Hallelujah. And he's allowing us, if we'll receive it, he's allowing us to be joint heirs with him. Everything that belongs to Jesus belongs to us. Sorry. Everything that belongs to Jesus belongs to us, but we have to receive it by faith. I want to close here in uh, Ephesians chapter 6. Go back to Ephesians chapter 6. Well, actually, I'm, I'm going to close with Romans chapter 1, but look at Ephesians chapter 6, verse 14. Well, I'm going I'm to start reading at verse 13 again. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And there will be an evil day. How many of y'all know there will be an evil day? Jesus did not promise us a life free of challenges. 
He said, in the world, you're going to have tribulation. But be of a good cheer, I've overcome the world for you. He has given us the ability to withstand in the evil day. We withstand by faith. We outlast the devil. He brings an attack, and we outlast him. I like to quote uh, this uh, quotation from Kenneth Copeland. He said that, that the devil cannot maintain the pressure of an attack. Somebody need to write that down tonight. The devil cannot maintain a, the pressure of an attack. He can bring an attack, but he cannot maintain the pressure of an attack. All of his armor has been stripped. He is a spiritual outlaw. Everything he does, he does illegally. It's up to us to put him in this place. It's up to us to proclaim the liberty that's ours in Christ Jesus. So the evil day, it will come upon us, but we can withstand the devil in that evil day. Stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate of righteousness. That's that spiritual armor that we've been talking about. That's part of that spiritual armor that we've been talking about that we have to put on by faith. We have to put it on, church. We have to get up in the morning, and when condemnation tries to attack our minds and tell us that we're no good and that we're less than, we have to put on the breastplate of righteousness. So many people walking around depressed because they don't put that breastplate on. So many people walking around under all the time because they simply do not put that breastplate on. This is the key to victory in life. Obeying God, put on the whole armor of God. And on a moment-by-moment -moment basis, believing in it. Believing in it. And I said I was going to close in Romans 1. I want to go there right quick, and I'm going to definitely close there this time. <laughs> Amen. Romans 1, verse 16. And I agree with Paul tonight. Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. And I'm not either. I'll preach it anywhere. I'll preach it on the corner. I'll preach it wherever God send me. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believe it, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. So this is a faith walk. It's a belief that what God says about Jesus is true. It's a belief that what God says about us in Christ is true. That we have been redeemed, that we've been set free, that liberty belongs to us, and that we will pursue it with all of our hearts. Stand to your feet tonight. Father God, your people have heard your word. My prayer tonight is that the seed that goes in, Father God, would grow. And when the enemy comes and attacks us, that you would strengthen us with might by your spirit in our inner man. Father, that Christ would dwell in our hearts by faith. That we being rooted and grounded in love would be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height. And Father, we would know the love of Christ, that's in Christ the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. My prayer tonight, Father, that, that as your people leave, that they would walk in victory. 
I speak fruitfulness and prosperity over everybody here tonight. The blessing of God upon their lives, upon their finances, upon their families. Shalom, peace upon them, Lord God. Nothing broken, nothing missing, Lord God. Revelation knowledge to everyone, Father. In Jesus' name, to you be the glory and all of the honor. Amen. Is there anybody here who does not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? Anybody here who needs to make it right with God tonight? None of these things do us any good if we're not born again. So I assume everybody here has made Jesus the Lord of their life. Amen, amen, amen. Well, you, you may be dismissed. Amen. God bless you.